Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreamboat Podcast. Once again, with you as always, I am your captain with a cap, Connor. And I am your captain with a Scott. Scott. Yeah, you know, you're Scott Captain. Yeah, why not? That sounds about and right. And I'm here swabbing the poop deck. I mean, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, you're the poop deck swabber extraordinaire. For- and we are here to dissect your dreams, to turn them into little nuggets of wisdom so you can glean what your brain is trying to secretly tell you or tell you inadvertently while you're sleeping. So if you ever want to send your dreams to us to have us unpack them, you can send them to dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. Get at us. Uh, we've got kind of a throwback treat for you guys this week. Basically, we've got uh, a little, little of our own dreams here. Some of those homegrown Captain Scott and Connor dreams a, going on. A Captain Sandwich, which happens from time to time <laughs> when the submissions run dry. But that's okay, because <laughs> we get back to basics. That's how we started. That's what gave us, uh, that's what gave us the spark to, to even do this in the first place. Connor, do you want me to go? Yeah, Scott, let's, uh, let's hear what's on your mind. All right, I had a pretty whack one that's actually been running through my head for a while. So I had a dream where me and a bunch of generic dream friends all conspired to kidnap a child who was like Richie Rich. You remember that movie, Richie Rich? Yeah, I'm familiar. So like, imagine like a super wealthy little kid, 10 or 11 years old. We kidnapped him and held him for ransom. But he was like a bad kid. Like he he seemed like a super villain, and he was making all this money every second by masterminding the markets or whatever. Who knows what? But we we kidnapped him, and he had this crazy thing in his jacket pocket that was like a spyglass, but it had X-ray powers. And so like we're we're calling, I think the government or something to try and ransom him off. And someone in the crew finds this crazy scope thing and hands it to me. And I can see through walls. I can see through outside. And there's a giant mountain on the horizon. And I can see into this mountain. And it's full of, like, like demons. Like Diablo 2-style monster demons are just, like, digging their way up out of this mountain. And everyone in my... You know, technically, I guess we're a bunch of brigands. So we just kidnapped someone, but they're all like, what are we going to do? Like, we have bigger fish to fry. There's demons about to erupt out of this mountain. And I was like, listen, kid, you're rich, and we got to blow up a mountain. And we don't have the money to blow up a mountain, so we're going we're gonna to need you to join forces with us. And he was like, yeah. And he agreed, and we untied him. And the dream ended with us, like shoveling into a mountain with backpacks full of dynamite like ready to blow it up to destroy the the legion of satan all right well that's ain't that some stuff so i mean right off the bat i think a big one there is kidnapping right yeah holding yeah let's see if uh 
I'm checking the, I'm checking out the DeBoard joint here. J.M. DeBoard's uh, Dream Interpretation Dictionary of Symbol Signs and Meanings. You know, to be to force or to be forced against your will to accept something. Scott, have you uh, maybe had a situation where you either have to force someone to accept something or are being forced to accept something that may be uh, tough to come to grips with? Yeah, everyone's trying to get me to see this new it movie, and I don't do well with scary movies. I'm going to cry the whole time. Why would you make me see it? Fair. Okay, that could be something. That's not too super deep, but... I mean, other than that, if literally, mind. if literally everyone around you is trying to, <laughs> like you, you come out to to get the newspaper in the morning, and the garbage man's like, "Hey, Scott, you got to see it." And then <laughs> you, he has done that. You, no, you no, go in to get a slice here. of pizza, and you're like, "Yeah, just a slice of pepperoni." Oh yeah. Oh hey, have you seen the new It movie? It'd be really, you'd really like it a lot. Uh, I got to deposit my check, and the teller is just uh, telling me that we all float down here. I don't know. I haven't seen the first one. Like I said, I avoid scary movies. I don't like them. That's fair. Um, it, it's, it's probably not that though. Now there's a spoiled brat and he has a lot of money and he yeah. sounds like, I don't know, like little kid Iron Man or something with his little, no, he was, he was wearing specs. one of those prep school kind of jet. He was a fancy lad. He was a modern day fancy lad. Okay. And he, he had x-ray specs, but it made sense that like a kid would order it out of a comic book and they actually worked kind of thing. But like a you really expensive old- comic book, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But yeah, like, like this, this kid has more money than anybody. A wealthy prep school kid type of comic book, and his yeah. gadgetry, and so yeah. he has this gadgetry that works. And so you, did you resent this young man? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it was the dream logic kind of stepping in there. But he was definitely like a bad guy, and he was super snooty, and like I think by not by merit of being wealthy uh, beyond measure alone but like he was a scumbag right so this reason we had kidnapped him this butthole has all this cool stuff that you wish you had and you know his tactics are very different from your life tactics and so you try on his gear i don't know um See through his eyes. Right, you see you see the world through his oh. super cool specs, and you see that the mountains are full of demons? Hey, whoa, maybe he's seen them all along, and he had some greater motive. So, But this young man ends up helping you. Yeah, he does. He ends up uh, giving us the funds, and he's even digging with us in the mountain at the very end when we got shovels and pickaxes and we're trying to get into... I think we're just trying to crack it in half kind of thing. So there's a little Stockholm Syndrome in there. Yeah. No, he he got it. He was like, oh, demons, you say, erupting out of the mountain nearby. Like that that won't that won't be good for my shareholders and you know. Right. The the Dow will plummet. He had his own motive for helping us, but he did help us. Okay. So I wanna get back to the this whole kidnapping and holding hostage. There is a hostage entry here in the Dream Interpret Dictionary. I'm going to check it out. It does seem like you're holding this young man hostage. Yeah, we were. Oh, yeah, totally were, yep. We absolutely were holding him hostage. Like, we had tied him up, and we had, we had taken him from, I don't even remember where, but we'd, we'd, we kidnapped, we straight up kidnapped a kid. Like, literal kidnapping. 
So it's all about being held hostage, not being a hostage holder. That's what I was worried about. That was what was so weird is that I've never, I've had dreams where I'm, you know, captured or taken and I have to escape. This was the first time when I was the capturer, but I felt ethically in the right the whole time. Mm. I don't know. It was easy to justify within the dream. So maybe this young man is you trying to show a different side of a problem. You know, someone who has it all, you got to show them that there's more to life than money or, you know, something like that. I mean, if we're going to really talk about dreams, then this young man is probably some aspect of yourself in some way and that you are needing to... Going back to the uh, the original question about hostage taking is you have to make yourself accept something that you may not want to accept. So I kidnapped myself because I didn't like this part of me that was uh, super wealthy and super snooty and a little bit, you know, of a jerkwad. But that part of you has some skills that were valuable. And so when these and dude, sight. different parts of yourself work together, you get mm. to vanquish the demons from the mountain. Now, I looked up Hellfire in Ibn Sirin because, of course, he's got Hellfire. And that would describe pretty accurately what was going on inside of that mountain there. So it was like, what is that, the fourth level in Diablo 2? It's been a while. <laughs> I think it's that you're not far off. I've been playing a little bit of Diablo recently. I wonder if that's what, what this came from. I'm sure it helped. <laughs> oh, weird. Well, here it's talking about finding oneself as a prisoner in hell. It's like two bits of, of what I dreamed about. But it says here that uh, means I should avoid incurring the wrath of a ruler. Seeing hellfire in a dream also means notoriety or being known as an evil person. Weird. And here's this child I kidnapped who was an evil person. And reflection, the child is me. Man. Ooh. This is weird. Maybe I'm, I'm struggling with actually being evil, coming to terms with being an evil guy. You know, Scott, you and your capitalist desires and your meat-consuming, dairy-drinking, just American values are destroying this earth. Scott? No, you're absolutely right. And it's uh, all praise be to Satan. That's the only way to go. Uh, at least you got some cool specs. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's coming to terms with two different two different parts of yourself that might clash, but when you have two different sides to yourself, they bring balance to the force. Yeah, this one's a little tougher because I like I like what you said about the child that we kidnapped kind of being the part of me that maybe I'm disdainful or, you know, flaky or what have you, the parts of me that I dislike. But that's a little, I guess that's a little vague too, but yeah, there's strengths in uh, being able to tell people no rudely sometimes. Yeah. Lord knows we're well, in a restaurant. That is a big tool. Yeah. It's just, if you don't know how to say no, you just run yourself ragged. Hmm. That too. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you have to say yes to x-ray specs. That's <laughs> what I always say. That's a new bumper sticker. Say yes to the x-ray specs. Say C so you can see. C. But like S C. With a yeah. C, C. Verdad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a very good margarita pizza, Verdad. Verdad. <laughs> a little call back there. Um, so what's next on the menu here? I believe we have a... 
little special treat. Yeah, I think we have another uh, mashed potatoes. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Yeah, we have another dream from from Masha sent us a little audio file here. So let's go ahead and get that queued up, shall we? Okay, this is Masha, and I'm here to recount a dream I just had moments ago. So I was in a Costco with my husband and a couple of my friends, and the Costco building was empty of both people and items. We were running around the Costco, but every shelf was empty, and we were looking for something specific. We were looking for the entrance to a movie theater, because we were going to see a movie. We were really excited to see some movie there. I think it was Baby Driver, because we've been trying to see it for a couple weeks in real life. So in Dreamland, trying to find the entrance to the movie, and we opened this back door. And this back door and this empty Costco, which is like gray walls, gray floors, no one really there, um, completely void of people and um, all the merchandise just missing. We, we turn down this back alley, open the door, and we walk out onto this tarmac, like this airport tarmac. And um, we get instructed by a flight attendant that the movie theater is actually going to be inside of this plane and that they're running this new pop-up movie theater out of like a Boeing 757 in the first class section. So we have to go up the stairs into the airplane and, um, and watch the movie from there. And in the airplane, it's really like luscious leather. It's like, I would describe it as like a very luxurious airplane experience. And maybe there's seats for like 15 or 20 people maximum in this in this airplane and it reminds me of those like 1960s first class where like all the chairs like some chairs facing each other there's like walk around space you can take there's like free nuts on the table i definitely saw free nuts um, specifically cashews oh i love cashews and then there's beer there also and like red leather and all the stewardesses were wearing like these bright orange um uniforms with little orange hats so I decided, you know, this is kind of a weird experience. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to leave the movie. And uh, I'm just, I don't know. I've spent enough time on planes. So I walk out and leave all my friends behind in the first class area. And they're eating their nuts and drinking beer and talking to the orange stewardesses. I walk out the, the uh, door to the airplane, which I know how to remove because I've sat in like 50 million emergency rows over the course of my life. And I open the door of the plane. The plane door pops open and explodes out onto a theater stage. And I walk out and I'm on stage at a theater and all the people and friends I'd left behind um, on, the, on the airplane are on this theater stage in front of me. And the theater stage is set up to where it's a live show that's happening at this very moment. There's like 20 or 40 people in an audience that can easily sit like two or three hundred. So obviously this theater show I'm putting on is not that popular. And in the theater show, the only thing that's happening is... Everyone on the stage is having a party. And I know that the lines are unscripted. And I know that we're not really... There's no real plot. Um, And I look up at the sign above the stage. And it just says, voyeurs. Like, voyeurism. And uh, at the end, you know, we're drinking. We're having a party. We're rolling dice games. Like, I'm playing different songs on this speaker. And it's like... It feels like a recreation of my own bedroom but that I'm on stage, but I'm not really doing anything, and I know we're not doing anything, and I know the goal is to just have people watch us in a theater setting and pay what, you 
know, I, I'm trying to recall, I feel like I was like 50 or $100 to watch three hours of this really like intimate party with friends and like we're all making jokes and talking about bugs and playing dice games and losing quarters and uh, yeah, so that's once I realized that, you know, oh my gosh, I could merely make a lot of money doing this, that was the end of the dream and that was it. So, um, empty Costco, airplane, dreams, um, dice games, I don't know, uh, gambling, things like that. So if you have any thoughts on what any of that means whatsoever, this is like the least cohesive dream I've, um, ever had. So please just let me know what the heck was going on. I love you guys. Thank, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye. Oh man, I just got back with some free nuts. Did I miss anything? Wow. Yowzers, wowzers, I'm going to need a new pair of trousers because that right there, I just I just couldn't control. That was actually probably my favorite Masha submission yet. It's very very Truman show almost. Yeah. But let's let's start breaking this down. So we've been sure. we I think we've been to Costco before. Have we? I think we've been to Costco or similar. And it we've has been to, to do shopping malls. Right. Choices shopping choices, uh empowerment through your choices. Right. You know, deciding what to nourish or surround yourself with, right? Right. So to me, that's like your life curation. Like, what am I going to curate? How am I going to curate my life? How am I going to build mm-hmm. the life that I want? So then... Well, well, real quick, though. Empty Costco. Oh. Life is devoid of choices. Ooh. No matter where you go, it's all the same. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But from there, it's let's go see a movie. Right. And well, you're uh, looking. They're looking for the movie movies. the whole time. What is they're it? Looking for the movie, Scott. What does Ibn Sirin say about the movies? Oh well, he says uh, he says if you're watching a movie about a guy with 17 uncles that are all high fiving each other, well, that means no. He he would though if he did. If, that's what if, he would say. Yeah, if if he knew about movies. If it's a movie about ophthalmologists. Now, getting back to someone who has an entry about movies, James DeBoard's Dream Interpretation Dictionary. We talk about a movie or movie theater. He focuses on the word move, right? Changing, moving pictures, different phases of life, but also the idea of storytelling devices is an idea of the story of your life or, the st- or, or this is me now, the stories you tell yourself about your life or the stories you tell yourself about yourself, if that makes sense. So it starts out with the... All right. Just not just trying to yeah 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 that was, we to, we're gonna have here. to recap at every corner here a lot that happened so we got the Costco trying to make choices in my life but it seems like all the choices are meaningless and void going to a movie trying to divert my attention from maybe or, or trying right? or trying to ref- to, to reflect yeah reflect on the story of my life perhaps there you go. okay. So then we get to the tarmac and the airplane. Now, airplanes have a pretty meaty section in here. And I will just start rattling some off. Uh, Airplanes take us to destinations. Airplanes have to do with freedom and flying. I think Masha had an airplane dream the last time. Maybe this is a big... uh, Big thing right now for you. Uh, another thing is they help you reach different destinations. Take that however you want. Also, airplanes can have to do with going to your spiritual side, like going up into the sky, high up into the sky. 
But this is a very interesting airplane because you're not very comfortable here, although it is very luxurious and they have free nuts and yeah. beer. And little orange hats. <laughs> so you are taking this journey into the next phase, into the next destination, but it's it's really uncomfortable and you don't know uh, how you're really seeing this panning out. So you this is the part that I love is that you go and you go to like get out of this this uncomfortable situation this you know yeah, I don't know if this is noteworthy but she gets out of it in a different manner than how she entered it oh that's interesting okay that's good it's a good point but the best part is that you come out on out of the emergency exit and step out onto a stage <laughs> and everybody that was watching the movie is now watching you on the stage. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And for me, if we're thinking about the movies as watching the story of your life, I think we can connect that pretty strongly back to the theater, back to a play, in that here, you literally your life is playing out in front of you and you are just acting out the story of your life one minute at a time or one moment at a time if you will this resonates for me so much as an actor um <laughs> and then with the part where you said that it's life is unscripted you know because our lives are unscripted and uh life is just like an improv you know just like we're doing it a little bit at a time Broadway. Uh, no, but seriously, I think that was that was really interesting. Maybe this is your. I mean, I don't know. I, that's about all. I no, got, no, no, that's a good point. Keep going, keep going. All right, uh, I, I, I think I, I see where you were going with this. If you're putting it into the timeline of the whole dream, right? It's life is tough. There's not a lot of choice, or all the choices are the same, and they're all empty. I'm gonna go try and distract myself and reflect on what I've become. I don't like where I'm at right now. The decor bothers me. I'm sick of these nuts. These, these gonna, orange hats suck. These orange hats blow. I'm going to just kick the door down and start to enjoy what I'm already doing. It sounds like the stage set they were making was already just facets of her life as it is now. Her well, bedroom. Right. And, it, and enjoying things moment to moment. What are things you enjoy? You enjoy hanging out with friends and laughing and, and making a lot of money off them, throwing dice and taking yeah. their quarters away and... <laughs> and Talking about rhinoceros beetles and mosquitoes and things. Dream symbols. That's a risk. That's a chance. It's a gamble. You think that could tie in somehow with, with that, that last little chapter there? Possibly. Possibly. But I think to me it has more to do with, I'm guessing, that Masha is, and I've, I think I've met you one time before, IRL, other than in this podcast scape. But you, you strike me as like a settler's kind of player at night oh yeah maybe like oh. hanging out play so me like dice games is just something that you enjoy with friends okay not like a like a back alley dice shoot CeeLo kind of situation no i don't think so not in this case oh okay so so i suppose if we if we want to tie this up real nice and pretty mm-hmm. uh it seems like your dream narrative is starting to realize that it really likes what you're already doing and that uh trying to go somewhere with 
See, f- I don't know where you're going, though. The symbols aren't enough to really... For me, there is the frustration with these choices of how to build your life. Like I said, life curation. I really like that, that phrase of what you're going to surround yourself and nourish yourself with. But in the resolution, when you're frustrated after reflecting on all these things that feel like you don't have any choices, there's just nothing in the damn Costco to chance going to shake anything up or change anything for you for better or for worse. You have this realization when you step out in the spotlight and you realize that you can just enjoy the really good things that are going on. And so needing to maybe either take a break or just to remind yourself that there's plenty of good times to be had and like the nourishing things in life aren't necessarily... I don't know, career advancement or like these big lofty things. They're spending Not times. Not necessarily the ones you book a ticket for. Ooh. Right? Let it roll. Let those dice roll. Hey, yeah. And just, it's important to, to enjoy the little stuff. I'm, I'm a big believer in that hippie stuff. For real. Yeah. Yo, Tambien. For sure. Great margarita pizza for dad. <laughs> Stupid. So hopefully that helped that helped you out some, Masha. That was a that was a good compound dream logicy dream. Yeah, thank you for the submission, Masha. As always, our uh, our first mate on the dream boat for sure at this point. I think so. I think that's fair. Hey, Connor. Hey, Scott. Get off my boat. Okay. Right now. Wait. Walk the plank. I mean, what I meant to say was, do you have any dream submissions that you would like to share? <laughs> pretty, pretty sure both of our names are on the deed to this thing. <laughs> this is true. You get a deed to a boat? Or is it a title? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a title like a car. I don't think you get a deed. I think it gets a name. Uh, it gets uh, a bottle of champagne cracked on it, and that's the legal way to send a boat off. Like a, it's not a christening. A no, it's not technically a boat, legally a boat, until you crack a bottle of bubbly on it. Right. Pretty have we sure. done that? Have we, have we cracked a bottle of bubbly on our computers yet? <laughs> we got to have a dream where we crack a bottle of bubbly on a boat. Then we really have made way. it. No, but speaking of dreams, I had a, a kind of a strange dream last night. And I don't have it necessarily in a full narrative, so I'm just going to give you the pieces as I remember. Yeah, dude, slap it on. I was... I think it was like Arizona, but I was visiting this place farther up north, kind of like, um, kind of like a Sedona, but not with all the beautiful red rocks. It was just kind of like a vacation kind of place, deserty. And I was there with like some family friends, but there wasn't like any of my immediate family. It was like a bunch of family friends there. And in the evening, everybody went out on the back porch and was really kind of excited but also kind of frightened because far off in the distant mountains there were these like volcanic eruptions happening and you could just see like magma squirts like flying through the sky and we were watching that for a while and kind of thinking like oh man like I really hope that doesn't happen over here and then I looked down and we're kind of all out on this little patio like out on this little deck and I looked down and then there's just this uh, maybe you know, six foot by six foot uh, circumference, not circumference, uh, diameter hole filled with lava, filled with magma. And it's just a bubbling. And I have like my hands on the deck leaning out looking in the distance and this bubbly magma like squirts up and I get lava on me. And it feels like when you're 
frying bacon without a shirt on. It just kind of gets kind of gets you, you know. Which I'm sure it would be much much worse if it were real magma. Uh, and we kind of like all scramble and pile back into the house and try to start making arrangements to get out of there as fast as possible. And that was it. Huh. I'm gonna see if Ibn Sirin's got anything on liquid hot magma. So this was desertish environment. No volcanoes or anything present. I mean, there were mountains in the background, kind of like living in the Valley of the Sun. Okay. There's no lava here in the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, nor is there magma. Yeah, let's do a good old, like, dream moods kind of thing. Magma means you've been feeling like molten hot rock in your job. You've been days. feeling magnificent. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, dreaming of magma. What does lava mean in a dream? It means things are really heating up. Oh, shoot. Did it really give you that? Or no, that was you free That was me free balling it. All right, here's what I got. Typically, it is a question of love or romantic feelings. However, often the lava is perceived as a sign of change in grand events. Oh, hey, yes. Okay, that I can see. I like that's that. An interesting symbol. Geological. Something that's usually set in stone. Something that's immovable, usually, that you would describe as like a real solid part of foundational element of your life has suddenly, powerfully, frighteningly become liquid and, and it's bubbling up out of the ground. Mm. Weird. So I would interpret this as something that you probably never expected. And I don't see a negative connotation here, even though lava in real life would be a negative thing. Well, and then there's the, there's the moment where I look down and it's right there and it surprises me. Like it's always out on the distance and I look down and I'm like, oh, there's been a big pool of liquid hot fiery magma here the whole time and it like spurts up <laughs> so i'm like su uh, surprised by this change as well yeah no that's probably it it's something that uh in your life that was really really static that you would have never thought would ever change and it's very suddenly and abruptly uh changing well hopefully it has everything to do with how i pay the bills around here and it's oh, gonna be, yeah. you know, more gigs doing what I want to do, and less gigs not doing what I don't want to, not doing what I do want to do. Yeah, there we go, dude. Gotta dude. watch those triple negatives. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, that's interesting because I would have thought it would have been something ominous, but it's not necessarily so. But I kind of like the idea of a shifting, a shifting landscape. Yeah, you've got you can make make a lot out of this change because it's the kind of thing that when it sets again is going to be. Rock solid, probably. Rock solid. That's my Fred solid Schneider. Solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. Okay. Uh, on, I'd like to layer something else on top of that. You're with your family in a cabin that's not your home. And it's, but it's like generic family friends. Like, not real family friends, but just dream family okay. friends. Oh. Oh, well. Okay, never mind then. I feel like I for me, it's I, not... I feel like it has everything to do with the lava and very little to do with anything else. I think you're right. Okay. Well, hey, that was a fun little. You know, we're getting we're getting good at this. I didn't even mean I didn't mean to uh, to think about it in that context, but thinking of all these dream symbols in these weird superficial representative ways has started to morph my brain, almost like haunt lava. lava. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, I had a dream as well 
that's kind of in the same vein, not because of lava, but because I don't remember it. I did a voice note of it and I listened to it an hour later. Did, did not remember any of it. <laughs> and it's very weird and it's very short. And uh, I know it's me. I know I did it because I can hear myself saying it, but uh, you're down. If we have time, I might be able to slap that one out real quick. Yeah, let's uh, let's pop off. Um, so me and a bunch of roommates like found a junkyard in a forest, like a desiccated sort of uh, automobile trash pile, basically. And uh, at the entrance of it, where you get in, there's a big, like, semi-trailer truck, and it's got a flat, like, trailer behind it. And on the trailer is a pretty sweet-looking Dukes of Hazzard-style car of glitter. So we walk into this uh, junkyard, and we see the big trailer truck, and we see the cool glittery car on the back, and we're like, whoa, nice, this place rules. Let's start a government here. And so we start to live in this place. Like, <laughs> it was kind of cool. <laughs> like, you could take turns being the mayor, and the mayor got to sit in that big truck at the front and make sure you see everyone coming in and out of the new township. And people were living out of these little cars. Like, you would fix up a little car. Interior. It was cool. Like, in the dream, it was really nifty. And um, it would crack open the the uh, hood of that cool Dukes of Hazard car on the back trailer, and it's got like a super nice engine in it. I think in my dream, I I say it's got a Hemi. <laughs> I don't even know what a Hemi means, but got a Hemi. And uh, we're all like arguing over who should get it, and I'm like, you should get it, you should get it. And I was like, I don't want it. It's glittery. And I'm the mayor, so I get the truck tonight anyways. And then I woke up. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Where to begin? Well, I know that you've been having some car troubles yourself. I really have been, yes. In, <laughs> a lot. In the real world. So I'm, I'm sure that I'm, has something to do with seeing all these cars. <laughs> Maybe, but it was in a good omen kind of way. And it was like, oh, you know what, though? You might be right. That might be the right way to look at it because now i'm living out of obsolete rotting cars and just like this is my life now i'm the king of this scrap heap like that's that's how i feel driving my 91 volvo sometimes as it as the radiator explodes and <laughs> everything that can go wrong goes wrong but one thing you said like being the king of your scrap heap you're finding something that a lot of people would just ignore and throw away but you're building something out of that a government a new way of life <laughs> yeah yeah a culture oh oh okay now i like that that's a nicer spin on it than you got a you got a poop car and you're the king of the poop car you're the, you're the mayor of poop car <laughs> i mean you're in this dream you're also the mayor of the poop car so i, I yeah i am <laughs> welcome to the city of poop car do any of these um, cars work or are they all just the truck did. Okay. It was the only working one. Even the shiny, the shiny sparkly one didn't even work. No, the truck. <laughs> it just looked the good. The truck. It just yeah. That's the the other one just looked good and it had a hammy. Well, there you go. You were able to recognize that you don't need that flashy stuff that isn't going to get you anywhere. All you need is good old, trusty, reliable truck. 
And cars are kind of like airplanes, aren't they? In dreams, like as far as symbology goes, they're typically related to going somewhere or like the path your life is taking. Right. Well, and and the and there's a little jammed aboard thing here. Driving a fast sports car might symbolize thriving on excitement and pushing the limits. So you're not necessarily needing to like push the limits and get all revved up. No, I took pushing the limits and I limited it. <laughs> I put it on a trailer bed. Right, and instead you went with the what, the utility where you're able to take with you what you need to do what you need to do, not just some two-speeder, two-seater hot rod with a Hemi. <laughs> with a Hemi. Okay, nice. I, I, I can see that actually also perhaps meaning I've been becoming more settled, right? Like instead of driving the cars everywhere, I'm building a life out of them here. Quite literally it's living like, out of them, I guess. Yeah, but in, I guess in my real life context, that might reflect on me applying for a lot more jobs at the place that I'm at right now, like a full time mm. position, um, kind of getting getting my goals kind of uh, oriented around staying here longer, which I didn't expect maybe two or three years ago. I thought I was going to be, you know, taking that Hemi out for a spin, I guess. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that tied up pretty nicely there. I think so as well. Do you think it's about time we unfurl our mainsail? I think and, it's uh, time that we ride the wind. Yeah, head on out into, right. into the distant sunset for the green flash to go upside down and visit Davy Jones' world. Is that what happens what? in that movie? <laughs> that's. I think that's what happens. I don't know. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, we're gonna pull up anchor, but keep those submissions coming. Once again, that is the Dreamboat Podcast at Gmail dot com. And as always, I am your Captain Scott. And I'm Captain Connor. And we are the Supreme Dream Team. Hey, there it is. Not a pun, but hey. I like it. Broadway. (laughs) See you next week, folks.